Welcome to an episode of the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast, where sports analysts and experts dissect the latest news from the NBA and NFL, giving you a unique view on some of the hottest topics around your favorite teams. From the fresh field smells of the NFL to the hardwood courts of the NBA and possibly your comfy couch for your fantasy football team. Let's see what kind of news the lab is working with today. Here's your host from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, Ernest Silva. Good morning and welcome to Into the Lab, episode 39 in a Friday morning slot on the Blue Collar Media Group. Continuing season one with your sports scientist. I'm your host, Ernest Silva. Find me at the Sport Gene and, of course, powered by the mothership, Blue Collar Media Group, where we are back with our possible three-round special. Steve's going to keep us updated on that. And uh, on our special site on the Blue Collar Sports Radio Network. This show is coming to you from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, but your favorite sports analysts are cooking in the lab from all over the globe. Let's cue the announcer and get your morning started off right. And now, tonight's starting lineup. From Boston, slightly biased, very own and co-host of Smack Talk, Twitter handle at Reisner underscore (coughs) Steven. The General Steve Reisner. What's going on, everybody? I'm glad to be here for this real uh, lively crowd that we got it into the lab on Thursday night. Real, real full house we got here. Yeah, usually, usually have a whole ba- packed house, but the the draft lull is happening. Everybody's kind of sportsed out right now. So, Steve and I will be your two sports scientists talking tonight, and we're kind of excited because we have a lot of great topics that we're going to debate, um, starting with the news in our round one segment. But, Steve, how's it going and over there? How's the coronavirus treating you? Uh, I've been I'm, – I'm staying safe. I, as you know, I've been out of work for just over a month now with this. So I I barely leave the house. Um, it's – we've had – we had a drop. We had a, a few day drops in deaths, and then it looked like I think there was a spike in deaths today. Um. Yeah, they they just released these new guidelines. Protocols are gonna have to follow for when they do let us go back to uh to construction. I guess I'm actually gonna have to wear like my all my safety stuff at all times from now on. Like as which I'm supposed to do anyway, but like now I really have to. <laughs> now now Steve, is it is it getting stricter over there or are they starting to get lenient and People they, are going back they, into the workforce, or what's they're, they're, what's they're kind of staying the same right here. Ma- Marty's uh really standing firm. I that's one thing I like I said to you off here. I, I actually do know the guy personally. I've I've shaken hands with Marty Wallace. I consider him a friend of mine. I, he he's kind of staying firm here. If he doesn't think it's safe, then he's not going to open the fucking city back up. He is he's going to value lives over the economy every time. Um, I, I think he's making the right choice. He's it, you know, he originally was supposed to be May fourth, and you know, he came out today. He's like, "Yeah, that you know, the other day." He's like, "That's that's not happening. We're not we're not there yet." It's you have to see how it goes. He's he's letting the situation evolve as it goes, and that's I think that's how you have to play it. How's it going for you guys? 
completely agree. Yeah, I, you know, I was about to get to that. You know, uh, Governor Greg Abbott, he decided he was going to, uh, you know, open up the state, but open it up slowly and at the choice and will of the of the businesses. So if you're a business that's eligible to open, you're more than welcome to. You do not have to. Um, I'm not sure how, what the stipulations are with that on getting, you know, grants or getting bailouts. So I, I'm not on the inside of that information. But um, like movie theaters are allowed to open tomorrow um, or I'm sorry, today, since this is a Friday morning show um, and and only at 25 percent occupancy. So they're allowed to be open and you can go there, but they, they cannot fill the theater. It has to be 25 percent. So that's interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting because Black Widow was supposed to release tomorrow, but it's not because they didn't think movie theaters would be open. Um, and so that was pushed back, and production was pushed back. So that will probably, very interesting. Oh, that, oh, so production was pushed back, so that wasn't getting released tomorrow. Right, it's not. Yeah. Um, what yeah, Wonder they, they, Woman they, was coming up, right? That is true. That is so, coming up as well. That's still so that'll, on schedule. That'll, pro- that'll probably go on on demand. That'll probably go on demand. Yeah, more than likely because that was done. So, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of things were postponed, but some of those things are still there. Those will get released. Um, and just speaking of movie theaters, but in general, you know, and if uh, some of the movie theaters have already said they're not going to open till June at least. So, you know, just a lot of what you feel is the correct way of doing things. Um, but, you know, we're already hearing that there's going to be a meat shortage. And so now that's coming up uh, with different uh, information and news outlets. So that's going to be interesting as our main supermarket down here has already said they're putting a limit on how many meat packs altogether you can take out of the store. It's only two. So that's going to be a whole new thing coming out next week and so um just a lot of a lot of red flags a lot of caution i'm not one of those that's going to go out there and just go to every restaurant i can to dine in because i've been itchy for it i'm gonna let the first wave kind of go and see how it plays out and and just try to be as safe as possible yeah yeah so. at, absolutely let you let it play out even even when they open things uh up yeah. back here we're, we're going slower than you even when they open back here i'm, I'm not rushing out yeah. of the house to to go anywhere and we'll talk about how coronavirus affects sports in just a little bit but i think i'm hearing the bell sound for round one so let's jump right into sports starting with the nfl the draft was a huge success being virtual gained over 55 million views the largest in nfl draft history um i've got to say we covered it live and if you watch on facebook twitter or youtube on our live segment we really appreciate your viewership and appreciate you sticking with us we did have we did clear over fifteen hundred views for our day one coverage, which is phenomenal. I think it's that's yes. a huge win for our podcast and the network. Um, a day two was a little bit slower, but you can imagine not as many people are invested in those primetime players. So we understand, and we also didn't have the live feed going, but we we covered it. We were there. We we went through the sleepless night of covering the whole thing, four and a half hours each day, nine hours. You can imagine why there's no sports scientists. Uh, Steve, how'd you feel about the live coverage? I thought it was great. I thought we had I, a really good time. Oh, I I, I thought it was great. Uh, uh, for one, I, I thought the NFL uh, actually did a great job um, with all of this. I was just talking about this on my podcast um, that I did right before this. Uh, they'll probably release tomorrow. Um, I, you know, it's, it's the NFL. I didn't expect a corporation like that to really show like the touch to the family and human side of everything during all of this, while at the same time, being one of the one of the highest rated uh, television programs in a long time, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah it, it I, kinda, I, I, had a, I had a great time with you guys. It kind of yeah. 
it kind of piqued the interest of the average person. You know, the average person wanted to see how was the NFL going to respond? Are they going to boo the commissioner? People were actually playing bingo games, watching it that don't watch football because they were betting on it with their families. And uh, I thought the touch of had it having screens for everybody and letting them kind of see the inside and, and real fans cheering on the screen. I love that. I love that because it shows that personal touch. The NFL really doesn't show at those big settings um, unless you get you get a chance to get a ticket inside. Uh, but I we well, yeah, had a great time. I actually drank with you guys on set, and that doesn't usually happen. So I had to I had to be a part of the guys that night, and and uh, and we yeah we had a really good time. Of course, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, we had a very good time this year. But <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, that's 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 a good segue for our first topic. So let's talk NFL draft. And um, if you watch our new segment, you know our live reactions. But I'll start with this one for you, Steve. Who was which team was the biggest surprise for you for the NFL draft this year? Um, probably the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know I know they draft well, but I mean, I, I shit, I think they might they probably had the best draft of anybody uh, anybody in there. Yeah, I have the Baltimore Ravens as a top three as a top three team for this for this for this year. I mean, um, they got my guy right, so uh, Devin Duvernay was. Gonna- was going to go somewhere. He was going to go somewhere he could play. I was very ecstatic about that pick. Um, you saw my reaction live if you got to watch it, but I, it was live there um, as I was pushing. But uh, but Steve, you know my pick for the biggest surprise of the draft is going to be my Dallas Cowboys. I thought the Dallas Cowboys um, had a phenomenal draft um, with C.D. Lamb dropping down to them. Um, don't know how that happened still. Um, Trevon Diggs from Alabama and Reggie Robinson grabbing in the fourth round. They have a, a little bit of a venture with Gallimore, um, but uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name, but Beadich, I think is how you say it, being a possible starting center in the future, and then stealing an eye in the fifth in the fifth round. Um, all these pieces are going to be impact players at one point or another, if not this upcoming season, on, on those Dallas Cowboys. And they, they had one hell of a draft. Um, probably the best draft since uh, Byron Jones, uh, Dak Prescott, Zeke, Yo Elliott. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, they hit on first rounders. So CD lamb, Trevon Diggs were both supposed to be first rounders. Some people had Trevon Diggs going to Dallas at the 17th pick and they got him in the second round. So, um, you know, this, this type of the draft for the Dallas Cowboys, I thought was, was, uh, was just all around a, a plus for me. Um, and I know I'm a homer, so I'll get your, your non-biased take on it, even though that's not in your name. Uh, what, what's your non-biased take on the Dallas is, uh, Dallas Cowboys draft. Uh, I actually I thought they had a very good draft as well. I've seen uh, I've seen from a couple of Cowboys fans that I uh, interact with on Twitter. You know, I guess there were fans complaining that, that you guys should have taken a corner um, in the first instead of Ceedee Lamb. But I I mean, Trevor Diggs at fifty one, I thought was tremendous value <laughs> in that pick. I don't I don't think there's that huge of a drop-off between the other corners you could have gotten at 14 um, between and Stefan Diggs. Um, yep, I, I, mean, and, I completely and, and, agree. And Trevon, Trevon Diggs. I mean, I mean not, not enough of a drop-off that getting C.D. Lamb isn't worth it. Like, there's I, uh, I, nothing wrong to add another weapon. I, first of all, look at the Colts. Um, back in the day, I always point to this. I, I, you know, I fucking hate the Colts. I hated Peyton Manning's Colts. Yeah, but, of course. But what, 
they had Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. I remember they drafted Reggie Wayne in the first round. And everyone said they were fucking crazy because that wasn't their most immediate need. But they got their number two wide receiver. Yeah, that offense and, exploded. Yeah, and it, 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 fuck, it paid dividends for years. It, it, was, it was a Hall of Fame off, one of the best collections of, of talent we've ever seen. It's, it's, it's worth it if, if it works. Yeah, completely agree. C.D. Lamb already agreed that he's going to be playing the slot. He says he wants to play the slot, which is what he played in college, and he's wearing number 88, so he's taking up the number 88, number one receiver uh, number there in Dallas. So a lot of big shoes to fill with that number. I'm very excited for it. Um, and so let, let's switch gears. Let's just go on the downside of things. What was your biggest – which team was your biggest disappointment for the NFL draft? Um – my biggest disappointments. That's uh, pretty hard to say, really, because um, you never know exactly what someone's gonna be. Um, the, the the Texans didn't exactly have a great draft, though, did they? Uh, you know, you know who was actually a disappointing draft was the Packers. Um, no disrespect to Jordan Love. And no disrespect to AJ Dillon. I, I of course I like AJ Dillon. I'm of course from a Boston College fan. But uh, I mean, at any point last year when the Packers were in the NFC Championship game, were you thinking that the Packers were a backup quarterback and a third string running back away from a Super Bowl? <laughs> I I completely agree. Like it, it just it just did I understand drafting future but at the same time you when you're that close you're that close you were that close to the Super Bowl you don't draft for the future then you draft to win yeah that, that's that's my that's how I feel about it at least well my 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 team that's the biggest is, <coughs> is, the, is the Green Bay Packers as well um I didn't want to put any media bias into it so I did my own look at the roster did my own takes wanted to see some film I just I don't understand where your top two positions on offense are quarterback and running back, in my opinion, that you go quarterback and running back in round yeah, one sure. and two unless you unless you know, unless you know that that Aaron Rodgers is not the future in the in the imminent future. You know he's going to be gone and, and that you know that maybe one of your running backs are not going to be in that future either. And so that's that's uh, I mean, because A.J. Dillon's going into a situation where he thinks, okay, I'm the second-round pick. I'm going to go in there, get some minutes. I'm going to get some reps. I'm going to earn that time on the field. I mean, they've got now three backs that are looking for playing time. That's a lot of ball. And and a tight end position, in my opinion, that in, – and in, in I, I, I don't know the name by heart, but DeGuara, who, after looking at film, that's still going to be a product that's going to need some time to get his feet under him. Yes, he's explosive. Yes, he's big play in Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, when he played at college ball, but he he's going to take some time to develop it in a position that was probably going to need some help with uh, with Jimmy Graham now gone. Um, and now people start saying, you know, Jimmy Graham wasn't all that. Yes, but he did produce some numbers and he did help with some outside passes. All you have is Devontae Adams. And, and so he, he and caught, so he caught a couple of big passes at, at, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, he I mean, did. That's, that's I mean, I, absolutely I, did. I, I, I watched him play in the playoffs. Everyone said he sucked. Oh, yeah, I watched playoffs and he looked all right to me I, I, I thought I thought the Packers drafted well in the sixth and seventh round um just not enough to 
make up for the rest of the draft, but there were not a lot of teams who missed on getting what they needed. Even the Texans who probably were on the bottom half of the league, they still fit need for what they needed for the draft. So I thought yeah. it was okay. Um, you know, the NFC North, honestly, in my opinion, outside Detroit um, and, and, you know, Minnesota had a fairly well draft, but Green Bay and Chicago, they might've just missed everywhere because drafting your 11th tight end is probably not the smartest thing to do if you're Chicago either. But I get the Cole Komet, Chicago grown up, um, kind of grassroots there in Chicago. You have to pick him if he's there. I get that too. But at the same time, I thought Chicago and Green Bay both missed missed the bill when it came to uh, to drafting this year. And so those were my biggest. Green Bay really is my biggest disappointment, but Chicago is an honorable mention there um, as well. Um, so I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk first on this next topic. But um, there were a couple players who I thought in different situations you've been drafted. I love the fit. You know, obviously there's the Joe Burrows that he's going to fit right in. But I, I, I want to pick a player that maybe is in your mind that you said he got drafted. I love the fit. Watch out for it. It's a sleeper. And I'll go first on this one as you kind of ponder that. But I thought Anthony McFarland to Pittsburgh was a super terrific fit. If you look at that Pittsburgh Steelers offense, it goes through the running back. Um, James Conner, not the, you know, Superman-esque running back. He's usually out in and out in games and he's not hitting every rep. And they really go to that secondary running back to do a lot in that backfield. And he was just a fantastic pickup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you see his game tape, he trucks through people. He hits the hole and he hits it hard. He will hit the outside with a burst. He has a lot of speed. Um, I thought if this if this man translate his game from the college college uh, atmosphere into the NFL and it and it really does translate this has this has a, a chance to be something special so I really liked running back Anthony McFarlane to Pittsburgh is there any player like that that you had that you just thought wow that's um, a great I, fit I, he's gonna have automatic that, production there Pittsburgh, you may, uh, remind me of Chase, Chase Claypool I thought going to uh to Pittsburgh was, was a great fit um I for one uh, you have to look at Pittsburgh's track record with uh identifying receiver talent mm-hmm. through the roof so, um, yeah, you have to imagine that Claypool will have a big production. Um, but the one that's you know at the very, the very last pick of the first round, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire to the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, is a fucking amazing fit I, with with Andy Reid and that screen game. I I think he's going to be an absolute machine. Um, in in the screen game, which you it. Uh, as good as D- Dan Williams might have been at times for them last year, um, you know, you could tell they were missing like that Kareem Hunt explosiveness. And uh, Ed- Edwards, he's a good runner. Uh, you watch him run at LSU, like you were saying about the last game. He's, he's a tough runner, but he's, he's a quick little guy, too. He he can make some moves on you, he can run tough, and he's at, excellent production out, out of the backfield as a receiving threat. I'd actually look out for him in fantasy and, next year, to be I, honest with you. And, you know, if you have Andy Reid saying, you know, right off the back, I think he's he's just an upgrade over, over or, or can play just as well, if not better, than than Brian Westbrook. I mean, if you're getting that kind of compliment. <coughs> I didn't even, I didn't and you're even going hear to that Brian, uh, Andy Reid said that. But, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah he says if, that. If, so if, he said if, that. If Andy Reid said that, I mean, I mean think yeah, about that's the a, fucking production that Brian Westbrook had uh, absolutely. with Andy Reid and the Eagles. So, Westbrook was on Raiders one of my favorite plays back then. Yeah, I, I think there was a there was a question 
question mark in the backfield for Patrick Mahomes last year, and now that question mark's a little bit more of a small, smaller question mark. If not, you don't really pick on it because I think that's a solid running back back there. Um, a lot of people didn't like the pick. I know a lot of people wanted them to go defensive uh, line or go offensive line because they wanted to, to win the trenches a little bit more than they did last year. But, you know, they're going to go with that that running back that they think they need. Um, that, that just puts a question mark on those on those four running backs now back there and, and who's going to be taking a workload back and, and how that's going to look with the rook coming in. So um, love it. But let's let's switch switch away from the draft just a little bit, Steve. I'm going to I'm going to talk about. Andy Dalton, because this is fresh off the press. Andy Dalton now was cut by the Cincinnati Bengals, the TCU product, been in the league for many years, um, now looking for a new home. Um, I, I want you to give me your top five teams. I know you're not dyeing your hair red yet, but tell me your top five teams. Where do you think he goes ultimately, but where are your top five destinations for Andy Dalton? Um, you know, I would have to look at if, if he's going to look to – he's probably not looking for a starting job, I'd assume, right? Uh, um, I don't know. Probably not. I wouldn't think he's looking for a starting role yet, but I'm sure he thinks he is a starter. Yeah, like depending on where he goes, I'm sure he knows that he might have to hold a clipboard. Um, so you know, I could, I could see Dallas. Um, I could see, I could see him holding a clipboard in New England. I, he would not start in New England. I could maybe see him holding a clipboard if they decided maybe we want him as competition instead of Hoyer. I still don't know if that works uh, because Hoyer knows the playbook. So I think that would still be better competition for Stidham. Um, <laughs> Jacksonville is obviously a team uh, you'd have to look at whether it, whether it uh, compete for the job with um, Minshew or just back him up. Uh, even, even the Texans could probably use a, a viable backup, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's depending on what he's going to take for money. And if, if he's willing to hold a clipboard and, and be a backup, then, yeah, there's a, there's a few teams I would, would probably – there's a good amount of teams I would probably be interested in that. Because he'd it, it, be, it'd be a, a, a solid uh, solid veteran backup to have on your team. Like, if, if your status go down, I, I wouldn't want to put all my faith in Andy Dalton. Completely agree. So here are my teams – um, in order from where I think they rank on where they would be in the Andy Dalton um, kind of train, okay? So number five, the Houston Texans. I think you hit that on the head. Quarterback that, that can play, um, that doesn't go down in talent, but that has shown he can be in clutch situations. Obviously, you say clutch, you think, okay, so he's one of the playoffs. No, we're not saying that. We're just saying that somebody who can take over an offense and really keep it going and keep production up 350 yards a game if he needs it, go over 250. He had an incredible 2015 campaign. I know that was, it's now five years back, but you got to think the guy still has something left in the tank. Um, number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, before you go crazy, hear me out. If he if he asked for Jameis Winston type of money, Tampa Bay would be all over that. To Absolutely. build a line like they to build a line like they have, the weapons that they have. Uh, he, look what he did with AJ Green, uh, TJ Hushmanzada with with uh, Croft, uh, Tyler Croft as his tight end. I mean, look what he was doing with the weapons that he had in Cincinnati. Um, and when he had a good line, if you have that built in, in Tampa Bay and you put him underneath Tom Brady for a year or two and he, and he learns off of him and he takes over the ship after and you have all those weapons still, yes, Andy Dalton makes sense in Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, whatever you like to call it. Number three on my list, 
the New England Patriots. So I know you're not going to love that, but the New England Patriots, to have somebody with that experience behind Stidham or Studham, like you like to call him, um, mm-hmm. somebody somebody there to kind of mentor and coach, see through his eyes, kind of that Tony Romo to Dak Prescott edge. Love that idea. I think I would be all for that. Number two, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. He wants to go back home, guys. Uh, Andy Dalton came out in a couple of press conferences, came out with a couple of tweets. He wants to go home. He wants to go back to Texas. If that's the case, that's the reason why he's in the five. Dallas area is where he's from. Dallas makes the most sense. They could use a backup where they're not going down so much in talent. Somebody who has proven just like what I was saying with Houston. Dallas Cowboys number two makes the most sense. And that's not my homer pick because I, for one, am not an Andy Dalton fan. I just think that makes the most sense fit, fit wise. And then number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion, are the best fit. I think that system already has established receivers um, that know their roles that are just going to continue to enhance. They got another stud receiver in this draft. They have uh, a line that is fit um, and they have a, they have a system that works. And so, um, if, if you're not all Minshew mania out and you want to bring Andy Dalton in for, for competition, I don't see why not. Um, just to kind of give it into hindsight from our, our top five to what they have in, in, uh, on those Vegas odds, uh, number five are the Atlanta Falcons. Number four is the Washington Redskins. Number three is the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I thought was, was, was interesting. Number two is Jacksonville Jaguars. Number one were the new England Patriots. So a uh, couple of teams we agree on a couple of teams we don't, but um, that kind of gives hindsight to uh, Andy Dalton, and wherever he goes, there'll be red hair that follows. There, he puts on those wigs as he comes out. So uh, we'll see where Andy's going to fall. I do uh, have to note about those uh, Vegas betting favorites that the Patriots are also the favorites to sign Cam Newton, and that they were also the favorites to sign Tom Brady. This year. That must just it must just be whenever there's a quarterback available. Yeah, for if, if, yeah. If, if there's a quarterback um, available, that apparently the media is just like the media in Vegas is like, holy shit, New England. <laughs> yes, it's a fit. They yeah, need a it, that fits so well. James Jameis Winston with 30 interceptions last year is exactly the kind of moderate, moderate and safe guy that Bill Belichick wants for his team after Brady leaves. They still have that Denham guy. Yeah, no, no. Quarter they need a quarterback. <coughs> quarterback. Yeah, the, well, are, are they going to draft Jake Fromm? <laughs> that's another. No. That's a, that's a good little controversy in Buffalo. They can have that that battle on all of their uh, Bills Mafia weeks. Oh, um, yeah, Jake Jake Fromm and Josh Allen. So fucking <laughs> great. The, 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 I, you know what? I had someone. Just, I, I don't. Wanna, you know what? We you know what? We are going to go with West what it takes. Later. I'm, I'm, I'm going to save that one. Sweet. Keep that in mind. So there's going to be a round three today, guys. Let's switch gears a little bit because we were talking before the show, Steve, and we were talking about MJ, and, and, and we're going to switch gears to that. Something that's keeping our eyes glued to the screen every Sunday and being sports-related, <coughs> the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, we are four episodes in now, and it has really not disappointed. It's been phenomenal. Uh, what for you has been an aha moment during this se- this series, or what what a, have you at least rewound and and then found that you, you listened to twice because you couldn't believe it? Um, the first one that made me uh, pretty much gasp out loud was Scotty Pippen's contract. <laughs> was, yeah, I mean, I, I told my father that one the next day, and he fucking almost fell over. He's like, "Hey, seven years, eighteen million is fucking loafing." Is low for the nineties. That's incredible, and his stance on it <clears> being <throat> that he wanted to make sure his family had the money, no matter what injury wise. 
Yeah. I mean, that just I, that blows my mind, though. You know, you just signed a seven year deal, and his agent even told him, "Don't sign that deal." That's oh stupid. yeah, no, he, I, he did. Yeah, it, it was almost stupid to sign that, but at the same time, it's like if you got to take care of your family, you can't. That's right. You can't blame a guy. You got to go with, uh, the safeness. Um, and then uh, of course, last week I I loved um this whole story of Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra taking a little 48 hour detour to Las to Las Vegas. <laughs> cause, cause Dennis needed a vacation. You, you see him there sipping a little light riding this Harley down the strip. Dennis Rodman has a lot of nicknames and now he's being called the creator of load management, which I think is hilarious. Just put his face all over that. Um, but yeah, it's hilarious. And then, and then, and then to, to, to get him back, the team sent Michael Jordan to go to go collect him in Vegas. <laughs> Jordan knocked on the hotel room. That we all know about Jordan's gambling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they just Wait. they just they just sent this dude to Vegas. <laughs> I, I I couldn't, you know, it wasn't enough that he saved the world from the aliens. Now he had to go and bring back Dennis Rodman from <laughs> Vegas, you know. Yeah, and- it's like I, and some one of the guys from Boston posted sending Michael Jordan to go to Las Vegas to recoup Dennis Rodman after a bender is one of the most batshit crazy ideas I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> could, could you think of that though? Like if we were talking about how. Uh, James Harden or uh, Jason Tatum had to go and retrieve, you know, uh, Kemba Walker oh my from Vegas God. because yeah. Kemba took a four-day trip over there during during the middle of the season, or he had to go retrieve Russell Westbrook because it needed a four-day vacay with you know a, a hot, high-level actress. I mean that that would be that would be blown up so bad today. And you're think, think of, uh, so even to put it even uh, better. Th- imagine if uh, like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant had to randomly fly out to Vegas and pick up Draymond Green because he was he wanted to go for a bender. <laughs> like uh, or or you know or Clay or one of those guys. I, right. I just said Draymond because he's a rebounder. I'm Draymond Green is not in the same class as Dennis Rodman. Don't don't misquote me as saying that. But <laughs> I just I just but tweeted it out. Insane. Steve Reisner says <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Draymond needs to shut his mouth about uh, Charles Barkley too. He's he's got no he's got I, no ground there. He's got no dog in that agree. fight. And I and I do not think I know a lot of media outlets say <clears> they, <throat> they 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 believe it. I I for one am not a, a partaker that he was part of the change of the of the NBA. I think Stephen Clay changed the NBA, but I don't think that Draymond was part of that. I mean, yes, people go small ball, but small ball was invented a long time before Draymond Green was playing in the NBA. Um. That's my personal take on that. But I, let's segue back. So another great thing I loved hearing from the Michael Jordan documentary is that Space Jam had such a huge effect on Michael to come back and play basketball, that that was one of the key moments he felt um, that he said, I'm, I'm ready to play again. And I couldn't imagine that, that Bugs Bunny was a savior of, of the Michael Jordan era. I thought that was that was, you know, crazy. And and then lastly, the terrible handling of the GM work of the Chicago Bulls. Oh, uh, my I, I God. couldn't believe the war stories from how <clears throat> bad that chemistry from inviting a coach that's not even a part of your organization and not inviting Phil Jackson to a wedding. Really? Oh, like that. That would never yeah. fly to tell like, Phil Jackson, no matter what you do this year, you're not coaching next year. <laughs> 
like like what uh, like at, at, while at the same time your superstar your face of your franchise the the goat the goat is telling you if he... I will only play for Phil yeah <clears throat> yeah I will only play for Phil I mean if you had to choose between the play like the player and the coach that's one thing but I mean the like the player or the coach but it was literally hey you get both of us, so you get none of this. And he's like, "Yeah, screw it." And I would, I would love to think that if, if uh, you know, Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich went up to R.C. Buford and said, "You know, we're not playing without the one another." That that you that you get you get rid of your GM. Like, I don't know. I, that's just me, but I would get rid of the GM. Like, obviously, this guy's causing turmoil with my team. I, I, if, if my GM ever came up with an idea like that, it'd be like, fi- you're fired. You're, yeah. You're, you're done. You're done. You did what? No, you did. You you, 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 you want to get rid of one of, one of the great, <laughs> arguably the greatest player in the history of the sport, arguably the greatest coach in the history of the sport, and it primes. My that PowerPoint must have been really good, showing how the future of the Bulls is past Michael Jordan <laughs> and Phil Jackson. I don't know what he had on those slides, but it obviously <laughs> can upper management he, that that was that I, was a way to I go. I mean, like you know, he's saying like, oh, you know, they were at the end. They had fucking two, uh, uh, two runs in them. Yep, they weren't. They were completely done. I, I know. Like I, I, you know, again, I say, like we were just talking about the draft. I understand building for the future. I understand looking for the future. But god damn it, man, when you're in the middle of, hey, I just won six fucking championships in eight years. Go for eight out of ten. Why the fuck? Why the hell not? I, I, that blows my mind. <clears throat> I now understand why Scottie Pippen was in a Rockets uniform after that. That makes much more sense now. And and uh. I do understand a little bit more uh, on the idea. I'm reading a, a, a tweet here. The the comparison of Scottie Pippen's seven-year, $18 million deal is comparable to Clay Thompson getting seven years, $44 million on a rookie contract. Wow. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh. We would be that's we would be a complete hoopla right now. Everybody would be calling collusion and saying that the Warriors are cheating. I mean that that's that's this is the truth. I mean it blows my mind. And then the fact that Jordan was making forty six million and the rest of the team combined was making like twenty eight million. That that was just the showcases that the whole team was Jordan. Just uh, goes to well, his greatness. I mean, yeah, that's, it was. <laughs> it, it, that's no that's no disrespect to Scottie Pippen and Dennis Robin. Those were two. Great basketball players, they Hall of Famers for a reason. But those those guys aren't uh those guys aren't in dynasties if it ain't for Jordan. Like that that was Jordan. And you know what? One thing to note, um, I love this. But um Jordan sort of after losing to the bad boys, it was you know, it's time to go work harder. You know, it, he had to be able to keep up and get get the team. To work better, the guys that he had around him. I want the next generation of basketball to try to pick that up instead of this. Maybe we can leave behind this whole. Uh, well, where's there another superstar? You know what I mean, right? 
I, like that's that, that's that that was like you know the the grit of the old basketball. That's that's nice to see highlighted again. But ESPN, um, Holland Cole, one of my favorite authors, tweeted this. Um, how long would it take for a ten part series on like, you know, the eighties Lakers, the eighties Celtics, the nineties Bad Boys, <laughs> like the, the the Bad Boys of Detroit, the, the Spurs. Even the heat. Uh, let's let's just do them all, man. <laughs> yeah, they really should. They really should. Because I'll I'll watch them. I watch it. I I I can't say they'll all be as good as this because obviously this is Michael Jordan. But this is pretty damn good. I'll if it's half as good as this, I'll I'll watch. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. You're not gonna have to wait too too long. Is that Kobe Bryant series is gonna be coming out? It's an eight part series. They filmed his last season because Michael Jordan gave him the idea. So. He's he he filmed his entire last season, so we're gonna get that all up close and personal. So be ready to relive some of those Kobe Bryant moments. Um, but before we go to the second round and talk about our starter sit sit segments, uh, let's talk a little bit about some rumors around Rudy Gobert. It looks like that's not healing in Utah. Um, although they got to finish the season this year, uh, there's already a team saying, "Here's what we'll send you." And so let's talk a little bit about Brooklyn. Uh, kind of leaking out. Hey, we're gonna send Spencer Did Did Dinwiddie. We're gonna send over Jared Allen. We'll send over Chris Levert um, for Rudy Gobert. How do you feel about Brooklyn getting their big three with KD, Kyrie, and now Gobert? Um, well, a couple of reasons that I hate it. For one, <laughs> I do not want fucking them to have to face that in the playoffs. But I guess I'll just be. More uh, satisfaction for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to be like, yeah, we took on all three of you and swept you in four games, blew you all 30 points each, each game. But uh, <laughs> that wasn't a bias take at all. But um, it's another thing that I hate. This is clearly, clearly the two players, uh, Kyrie and KD, taking control of the team and making this decision. Because Karis LeVert's pretty good. I don't <laughs> And so is Spencer Dinwiddie. That's a lot. That's a lot of plays to give up for one guy. And I understand Gobert's good, but I mean that's that's a Kyrie. That's like Kyrie's call, right? Trade happened, and Ty Lue became the head coach. This is Kyrie's team. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's that's and Ab- and K- KD again is second fiddle to an alpha on the team. Yes, while he's supposed to be the best, the best player in the world, he's still a second right. fiddle. Dude's yeah. got this fucking soft a, skin for his, he, Oh he's, my he's, god. He he is a freak athlete who is an amazing basketball player. Um, but we need to see him be the alpha. That's why he, we thought he was making this happen, was that he was alpha one one A or one B on a given night. You don't need a one C to come over. You have a team there, you had a culture there, exactly. you get rid of the coach. Now you're bringing in Lou, or rumor is Lou is gonna come in next year. I mean, you just I wanted to see that the Katie Kyrie experiment, but if you think Gobert makes you that team in the East to beat, um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, takes him out of the West, which makes me happy, but you guys have to deal with that. Um, <coughs> but I mean, a new big three in the East, if that were to happen. So we'll have to see about that. That wraps up round one though, guys, that's brought to you by Taquito Express, where you can get all you can eat tacos for seven ninety nine. Follow them on Facebook today. You get daily specials. For those all-you-can-eat tacos for $7.99 down in the Rio Grande Valley. Let's uh, hear this commercial break, and we'll come back with round two. 
Before we start round two on the Sport Genes Into the Lab podcast, we'd like to remind any listeners that if you play basketball and you are from the ages of 8 to 18 in the Rio Grande Valley, check out Triple Double Basketball Academy, one of the premier programs in Texas located at the center of the RGV in Harlingen, Texas. Find your young basketball pros practicing ball handling techniques, proper shooting forms, learning strength and conditioning techniques, and gain unmatchable experience with elite state tournament play. Follow on Facebook or visit www.tripledoublebasketballacademy.org. Triple Double Basketball Academy, where each basketball player grows no matter what. Round two, our start or sit segment. We have five big news topics we are going to debate whether we will start or sit them in the upcoming season. So let's do it. Let's start off with number one, Steve. Um, and that's Steve Reisner with Slightly Biased, uh, obviously, um, founder of Blue Collar Media Group. Uh, Joe Burrow will be Rookie of the Year. Will you start that or will you sit it? Um, I. These are the way too early predictions, of course. Absolutely. Um, it's not to say this, but can't say anything for certain until we actually see what happens on the field. But yeah, for right now, it's not that. Yeah, I, I would, I would I'll, sit I'll it. Go with that. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna take the opposite side. I'm gonna say it's a great fit, but I think there's gonna be some key pieces that may explode in certain situations. Usually, it's a quarterback, though. Let's be honest; they have the numbers. Um, unless a defensive player just comes on the scene, like Bosa gets, you know, what do you have like 17 sacks, 14 sacks, or something first year? So something, something crazy like that. So. Um, yeah, but they have defensive rookie of the year too. Oh, that's true. You're right. So it had to be somebody off. Yeah. Okay. Oh, never mind. I'll switch my pick. I'm gonna start it as well. I'm gonna start it as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yes, on that Joe, Joe Burrow take. Let's take number two. Uh, LeBron James is the best all-around athlete of all time. This was sent in over the line uh, last night from one of our listeners. LeBron James is the best all-around athlete of all time. Do you start it or sit it, Steve? I'm going to have to sit that. That's a really, that's a good question. So LeBron James is a phenomenal athlete. He's one of the most amazing athletes we've ever seen. That's for sure. But I, I mean, they're Bo Jackson. Uh, to, to, to think of why Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, hell, I see. I'd I'd have to really think about that for right now. For right now, I'm gonna have to sit that. I'm going to six man it. I'm close to starting it, but let's let's think. You know, LeBron James is gifted as an athlete. You know, he's got he what is he like? He's listed six eight six nine, but he's probably six ten. He's a massive guy. He's got the handles. He's he's huge. Um, yeah. You know, Magic Johnson. He could play in a positionless. <clears throat> he could play every position if he wanted to. Same like LeBron. Uh, those two come to mind when you're talking about debating an athlete that can play multiple positions, point forwards. Um, oh, so his best athlete we've ever seen in the NBA or of all sports? It's, it, it says all time, but let me just start with NBA. What do you think okay. about NBA, Wyson? NBA, uh, still, I have to sit for now. Yeah, uh, I'm, for pretty I, much I just, the same reasons you're going on. Yeah, there's too many. If if I could pinpoint, I could probably pinpoint three or four, and then debate it. And then say he's probably in top two, but I I, I think I, I draw uh, him and Magic Johnson debate and and talent wise it's hard for me to compare them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna six man it because I, I could see it. Um, all I, time I could and, see it, but I, all, it's 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. All time, all around in any sport, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can even debate that. I'm gonna have to look at everything, and and really yeah, that's it, a but... that's a really hard thing because and you know the other thing like you have to think about like if you're gonna debate all sports, uh, I don't talk much hockey, but hockey is a completely different type of athleticism. Um, like that, the being able to skate like that is fucking insane, and like fighters, that's a whole completely other type of athleticism that that you have to look into. So the ways that these guys can move and shit, uh, some of these bigger guys is absolutely incredible. So agree. Agree. Yeah. Well, uh, the third topic we have coming in is back to Michael Jordan. And this comes from a San Antonio listener, which we appreciate you. And it was his birthday, Orlando Mendoza yesterday. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson wouldn't have won three or more rings. Gonna Man, that's a tough one. Cause I don't I I I'll don't I, you had the first two, so I'll answer this one first, so that way you can have some time to think about it. Yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to sit it because I think he probably would have won three. <sighs> Without Phil, he at least would have won three. Starting with starting with his run in the early nineties, winning two, man two of the first three, maybe one of the next, and who knows, maybe he doesn't take a hiatus, and he yeah. And so so I'm gonna say he he would at least won one of each series of three he won, and then won one in the middle, maybe against the Houston Rockets and. In '94, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to spitball that. Those hypotheticals are difficult. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start it because three is my three is my number, and you say three or more, Orlando. But, but uh, if it would have been two, I probably would have, I probably would have started it. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I'm gonna have to sit it because I'll go with like, like you said, like maybe three. It's so hard to say because you look at like, um, they were right in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? A, a couple of years in a row, they were right there. But would Doug Collins' approach have given them the extra step? Like, did well, I, the, I think the triangle offense did uh, in integrating that and creating more threats on the court was a big part of why the Bulls uh, moved the way that they did. That's a big part of why they had right. such a great dynasty, of not just because of Jordan, but Jordan. Not, I mean, that that dude on his own, obviously, he saw him that. The playoff series against the '86 Celtics. Those weren't fucking scrubs that he was playing against his right r- rookie year. And he went out and yeah, he lost that series, but he gave him a hell of a fucking game. And you know, I'm sure you add talent. Yeah, the, the superstars come in. Other other people want to come there and play with a guy like that, maybe. So yeah, I, I I'd sit it and and give him three, but that's hard. Let me flip that question around on you, Steve. And I know, I know it's kind of a little off topic, but if Michael played with the head coaches LeBron's had, does he have three rings? Yeah. I can, cause, does he um, have more? Maybe. Because Sp- uh, Spolstra was great for LeBron. Spolstra. He was young, though. It was his first gig. That was his first gig. But uh, so I mean, at the same time though, um, if if he's gonna get the same coaches, does does he get D Wade and Kyrie 
Kevin yeah. Love. <laughs> so, yeah, he, yeah, he gets he all that. He does. Yeah. He does. Oh, yeah. well, I can tell you that Michael Jordan would never lose a final series if he had D Wade and Chris Bosch on his team. Not to the Mavericks, at least. He would not have lost the series. No, not to the Mavericks. Like the, the Spurs, that was, uh, that was just a deep fucking team. That's. That yeah. was an incredibly deep team. Even though a lot of those guys were aging, you had you had Kawhi yeah, as a young, much younger version of Kawhi. It was those are great teams. Those are great series. And the I really answer answer the question in the back of your mind though of who's a better player. If you can put them in either situation, because I don't. I think if you move Michael over, although the game is, I still think you win more rings if Michael's in LeBron's position than if LeBron was in Michael's position. Although. It'd yeah, be a completely different makeup of the team. I mean, too. even even just with with the Bulls team, uh, Jordan never loses to that that twenty two thousand eleven Mavericks team, and I'm a big fan of that two thousand eleven Mavericks team. I I but, am too. I I but, even have a but, shirt from but, them, and I hate them. But the the nineties Bulls roll the fuck over that team. Yeah, yeah. Let's segue to number four, which is going back to the NFL. The top three running. Backs in the NFL are Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. Are you starting that or are you sitting that? Yeah, start. Easy. Start that? I start yeah. that as well. I know we had some people um, debating in. And Derrick Henry is there. Joe Mixon is there. Think about his last seven games last year. Um, y- you know, a lot of hypotheticals with those names, in my opinion. Yeah, you can, um, you but can when make, you have you can make those... an argument for Derrick Henry for sure. Yeah, because of his because of his outstanding rushing yards the last two seasons. I just think if you think of CMC, Saquon, and Zeke, those are your big three. Um, Alvin Kamara would have been up there. He had kind of a slump year this year, though. He went he went down a little bit, in my opinion. Um, and those three names, though, they stand out the most consistently in the run game, pass game, all around athlete, freak athlete. I think those I start that all day. So. Um, last one is more of a of a blue collar media look around. Will Kane um, news report going to Fox Sports, joining a couple of others that joined Fox Sports. Is this a is this a showing of a power swing in the sports industry from ESPN to Fox Sports? What is your take on that? Do you start that or sit that? Um, yeah, I'll I'll start that just because we really don't know what goes on with these fucking idiots. <laughs> it probably is a power move. They they're they see. They all seem pretty immature. Tell you what, you know, Nick Wright has incredible takes in terms of of his fandom and and <laughs> what he believes in. Colin Cowherd, the same. You know, a man who leaves the Houston Rockets out of the playoffs in the beginning of the season <coughs> just blows my mind. Um, you know, and Skip Bayless by himself draws so much attention. You add Will Kane, who has a lot of Southern views. That Fox Sports lineup all day is strong. You know, that's oh, a yeah. strong lineup. Um, there's a, other words that can be used for that lineup as well that we're not going to talk about. But but that lineup is that lineup is strong. Um, ESPN's got to find a direction on what they're going to cover because the other r- report is that they're losing Dan Lebatard as well. Ooh. Um, and that they, and that they're not they're not feeling Dan Lebatard and Stu Gatz fit the ESPN profile. So they're actually they're actually cutting him. It's not that he's going somewhere. They're cutting him, which I think it would be a huge mistake. And so. Um, with those rumors circling as well, I don't know what's going on at ESPN because you can't have Stephen A. Smith on on seven shows, and um, and so what do you do with that? And uh, with that rumor as well, it was that Golik and Wingo are also going to split. 
and and uh, and there's just a ton of things going on with uh, with ESPN Radio, and so we, we're going to have to really see what what's going to happen there uh, with ESPN's broadcasting and and what they want to do. Um, but Fox Sports has their lineup; they know what they want, and that I just feel like a shift is happening right now um, with with you know sports analysts going a certain direction with which company, and so. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna start that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Fox Sports is pulling pulling those view, that viewership, and that's why uh, great sports analysts want to go there. So we will see. Well, I, let me let me change that. Not great sports analysts, but dynamic sports analysts want to <laughs> yeah. go there. Yeah, 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 dynamic. That's a better word. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, that ends our start and six at start start or sits segment uh this round was brought to you by Triple Double Basketball <laughs> Academy down in the Rio Grande Valley. Follow them on Facebook and have your child develop their skills at an all-star level. Hang tight with us, folks. We're going to have a quick commercial break, and we're going to get round three with terrible takes from Steve. Welcome to Alamo City. Or is it the military city? Or is it the Riverwalk City? What in the world do you call San Antonio? You can find all the greatest and latest information on SATX Rated, proud sponsor of the Into the Lab podcast, and a big partner when it comes to finding your way around San Antonio, Texas. Go find SATX Rated on all major social platforms. Follow them, like them, share them. They're here for you. SATX Rated, find out what San Antonio is made of. We are back with round three, which is our Terrible Takes with Steve segment. Steve, I'm going to let you take it away and talk about some terrible takes you heard this week. Oh, well, first of all, I have to address this. Um, the, the idea that the Patriots are tanking for Trevor Lawrence, shut the fuck up. Hey, let's just think of the fact that you're going to tell me that Bill Belichick, the end of his career, becoming known for letting superstars walk because no one, no one is more important than the team, is going to tell all these veteran players still on his roster at the end of their careers and spent their entire careers chasing rings that they need to go out and intentionally lose games so they can draft a kid out of college who will probably be pretty good. No, that is not fucking happening. And, and, but, and so to go with that, I had, uh, I'm going to call him by name because he was a fucking clown. Jarrett Bailey, NFL uh, on his on his page, Ernest, you'll disagree with this. He, he has a pinned video um, of him going on a rant about how Julian Edelman does not belong in the Hall of Fame. So right 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 away, right, yeah, right, 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 right away we don't agree with this guy. Um, his take was that the Patriots have by far the worst roster in the AFC East. Terrible take I, again. Ha- they have the reigning defensive player of the year <laughs> still on, on their defense. Like, it, I mean, yeah, they, they, they lost plays, but the, the worst roster in the AFC East, I, you know, he, he was saying they're, uh, they're a below, probably a below five win team. I'm like, it, this, these takes are, they're, 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 gonna, they're not going to win 12 games, but to, to think that they're going to go, ah, uh, you know, five games, lose, only went five or less. That's, that's asinine. It's, there's, there's no way Jared Stidham's that bad. Um, and 
Yeah, I just have to this 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 minute is like the all the Patriots really didn't want Jameis Winston. I know Belichick let his dog run the draft. They must be tanking for Travis. Shut the fuck up and do do your job. Like Winston threw thirty interceptions last year. Why is that what fucking Belichick wants? How does that fit Belichick? How? Someone someone tell me how, Ernest. You tell me how that fits Belichick. It doesn't fit Belichick. Matter of fact, that's a terrible yeah, it, thing. That's that's probably the worst take you could start with because that's where the best take the best take you could start yeah, with because like, it is the worst like, take. Yeah, they're like they're like oh the Patriots didn't want Winston so they must be tanking. What? No, or maybe they just didn't. Maybe they just believe in what they got. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they either like Jared Swint, uh, Jared Stidham, or like maybe they just. And they just don't like uh, Jameis Winston. And uh, all right, so I have to touch on this because this has been driving me crazy all day. So I saw that uh, Winston got, uh, he was talked to Saints media about his, his LASIK eye surgery. And, uh, you know, he's now able to see, read street signs and license plates that he wasn't able to read before. All right. Well, he's been an NFL quarterback, and now uh, his eyesight directly impacts his job performance and how much he gets paid, correct? And if he ever needed to, like say, let's say he went to the Buccaneers front office of the coaches at some point and he was like, hey, I want to get my eyes checked out. You notice how I've been squinting all the time and I keep throwing the ball into triple coverage for no reason? Yeah, I, I can't read street signs. My eyes are blurry as hell. Dude, they would have flown in like the top eye doctor. Like immediately. So why why is he just doing this now? Seems like it's a bit of a circus move just to just to show that yeah, okay, like, my eyesight can make my arm throw better. But if if we would have known that the last four years was just video, so he can show Saints fans and Saints coaches he can throw to their team, the joke's kind of on us. Dude, did did you see someone posted that stat? Um Taysom Hill's passes completed to the Saints players last year. Seven. Uh, Jameis Winston's passes completed to Saints players last year. Ten. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. The bigger joke is that Taysom Hill got the $21 million contract. Am I right? Uh, yep. Um, as of uh, a minute ago, uh, Ian Rapport just uh, retweeted. I'll say this while we're here. Um, Vaughn Miller tweeted that he got his results back and he's negative for COVID-19. That's wonderful. Wonderful news. That, that's, that's good news. Good news. That's good news. More athletes keep coming back as negative, just the faster we'll get them back on the field and, and the better I feel about players <coughs> being able to play. That's, exactly. Same here. It's even better. Their lives matter more than the game, and, and that, that's obvious, but if their all lives are good, then we can play. And that's, that's the second part there. Yeah. Um, Steve, I think you had one more take that was about uh, Mina Kimes. No, that was it because it was Mina Kimes. I was saying uh, that that the Patriots uh, uh, they, they 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 let Winston walk and Belichick let his uh, the do- his dog do his draft, so they must be tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and that it's, that's, that's how you say her name, though. Yeah, Mina Kimes. Oh, I'm... I was saying Mina Kimes, but but what were you what were you saying? Mina Kimes is what I was calling her, but you know, <laughs> I was. Yeah, it's Mina Kimes. Yeah, Minikims. Well, that 
<laughs> that's our third round terrible takes with Steve. Um, don't forget another terrible take would be if you are not competing in our weekly challenge, our stay home, stay safe league. If you're not posting to compete for a free thousand dollars, that's a terrible take on your part. Don't forget our newest challenge goes up every Friday morning. And tomorrow morning will be all about sports. So keep a lookout for that video as we'll be releasing what you need to do this week and who you need to beat and how in order to get a chance to win a free $1,000 straight to your pocket, straight cash. That is what you want. That is what we're handing out. So do not forget to look at that. Steve, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Before I do the sign-off, um, I just want to say thank you for coming on tonight. Um, I always like when it's you and I because it's back to the old days. You have to, um, the throwback. It's almost, it's a, that's right. It's almost been a year, and 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 uh, a year ago, you and I did our first show together. Um, so it's it's fantastic to do another show, uh, just us, kind of just spitballing sports, just like the old days. So I appreciate <laughs> you coming on tonight, um, and for everybody listening uh, this morning. Uh, let's. Uh, I appreciate you, bud. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you too, man. That, actually, now that you say that, it's funny to think that uh, a year ago was our first episode, and now uh, here we are with a, a whole network of other. Other podcasts with Blue Call Media Group and handing out a thousand dollar prize, and of course a special shout out to uh, Dana Razor who won um, our ticket giveaway for last weekend during um, our live stream of the NFL Draft. Yeah, congrats, Dan. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, did that tweet go out? We, I want to retweet that. Did that go out already? Yeah, he uh, he got in touch with us uh, through the Blue Collar that um, is, Twitter account. That is. That is sweet. Congratulations to you, Dan and Isa. That is that is great. Um, let's do our sign off and let's let's bid everybody adieu. We invite all other media members or sports podcasts to join us on ITL or Into the Lab, part of our mission on the Blue Collar Sports Radio Network to debate, share hot takes, and to do what we love the most: talk sports. Hard work, strong takes, and entertainment to your ears. The Blue Collar Sports Radio Network, with our mothership acknowledgement. We appreciate all of your support. Hashtag ELM equals every listen matters. We want our show to continue and be part of your Thursday mornings going forward. So listen to our episodes, share on social platforms, leave a review, and promote to others as well. We only grow as your support does. I was your host, Ernest Silva, and joining me today was Steve Reisner. Now, Steve, you have a podcast episode coming out as well, correct? You want to jump that in there? Oh, yes. Uh, so I'll have um, an episode, uh, at least one coming out tomorrow i may drop two tomorrow because i do also have um i did some time with john lobb today uh gridiron skull dot uh, com uh no, i had i forget what his website name was but uh at gridiron skull on twitter um good good fantasy and draft writer there um and tomorrow i have uh mark schofield coming on uh mark schofield from inside the pylon and pat's pulpit will be coming on slightly biased Tweets. That's a good lineup right there. Listen to some Into the Lab. Listen to the Slightly Biased. Get some good takes for the weekend. And don't forget, submit your entry for a chance at $1,000. Look for that video tomorrow morning while you're listening. Have a great weekend, everybody, from Steve and I. You've been listening to analysis from around the NFL and NBA on the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast. Send your questions on www.thesportgene.com or on the Anchor app and follow The Sports Gene on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
and overtime heroics today. 